Thanks for tuning into our podcast. We love having you here, and it's our mission to bring you all the latest and greatest tips, skills, and know-how to make you the best that you can be. We know that you have it in you, and we're going to show you how. Now, now let's get started. Oh, hi again, everybody, and welcome back to Anti-Bullying 101. My name is Jim Burns. I'm a retired high school administrator with over 40 years of experience in education. My goal with these podcasts is to provide teachers, parents, administrators, yeah, and even students information on how they could deal with the bullying epidemic and what are some of the strategies they can use to help keep this problem out of their homes, schools, communities, and classrooms. Today, we're going to talk about something that deals with placement of kids in a classroom and how every kid is not going to have the ability to go to college. That's right. Some kids just aren't going to have the ability to go to college. And I often question why we force kids to go or we think every kid's going to go. But the bottom line is education has fallen off the track. You know, the reality of life is not everyone's going to go to college when they leave high school. Now, if this statement is true, then why does education deal with everyone like their college material? I graduated from high school 45 years ago. When I was a student, there were eh, probably three courses of study that I could take. The first course was college preparatory. This provided some challenging classes that got you ready for the rigors of college. The second course was business, which prepared students for the business world and exposed them to things like junior achievement and a club called the Future Business Leaders of America. The third course of study was general studies. And this was a hodgepodge of courses that was like a high school liberal arts program. I graduated from the eighth grade, and it was recommended by my eighth grade teachers that I be placed in a general studies program at high school. I didn't choose general studies. I was placed in it. I took just about any classes that I wanted, from college prep classes to general studies, and you know I did fine. I really wasn't college material, and I knew it. But I got accepted into a state college and received a college diploma. And I still haven't figured out what was so horrible about a group of teachers recommending that I be placed in a course of studies that was based on my abilities. The world of education has gotten away from something that was very common years ago, and that was, that's called tracking. There was always two or three classes in every grade that addressed the individual needs of students who needed to be challenged and the needs of students who needed extra help. 
The groups were never commingled because the instruction would be too hard for some of the students and not hard enough for other students. Somewhere along the way, someone came up with the idea that tracking kids had a negative effect on their self-esteem, so it was decided that all kids should be placed in the same classroom in order to receive the same instruction. This was supposed to improve the way a child felt about himself as a student. It would make him feel smarter. In reality, folks, kids who were placed and commingled with multiple grade levels in one classroom are tracked in that classroom. And the truth of the matter, the kids know they're tracked in the classroom. So it isn't like they don't know it. They know that some kids are a little smarter and some kids just don't have quite as much smarts, but they, and they may even be very good students. Nothing could be further from the truth in terms of making a kid feel smarter. Students who have difficulty who were placed in classroom with, ki- with kids who were more academically advanced than them are always trying to figure out why they can't do the same work as the smarter kids. In simple terms, they start to wonder, why am I, and this is a bad word, why am I so dumb? This is what kids begin to think. The other challenge is for the teacher who has to spend an obscene amount of time working with slower students, and planning for slower students, while the more advanced students may be left to work by themselves. And don't kid yourself. Kids who are not behavior problems and who are good students want the attention of the teacher. They want the attention, and sometimes they don't get it. And this is critical. This is critical if kids are going to succeed. They have to receive the attention. The idea that all students can learn at the, same, at the same pace and in the same classroom is flawed, and believe it or not, has become a huge moneymaker for those who have been smart enough to take advantage of the movement. Differentiated instruction, multiple intelligence, and inclusion strategies are all programs that have been born out of the idea that students should be heterogeneously grouped. These programs were developed and sold to colleges and public schools as a ruse to convince educators that this type of education works for all students. Let me tell you something. I teach some of these classes, and they're wonderful classes. They are great methods of dealing with kids in your classroom. But I just want to make you aware of one thing. The bottom line is, years ago... All of the above, differentiated instruction, multiple intelligences, even some behavior management programs were just called good teaching. That's what they were called. They were called good teaching. I think these programs are wonderful, but they they are basically the way we should teach. But it's difficult to teach in certain ways because we have too many kids grouped in one classroom at different levels. 
Once the decision is made to implement a program, thousands of dollars have to be spent in training teachers so the teachers understand the process. Isn't that amazing? We have to have a program in place to teach us how to be good teachers. This just puts more stress on the teacher and gets them more concerned about the means of educating their students and not the end, which is have the students master the material that was taught. Now, the developers of these programs make money. And it is costly to the school districts that choose to use them as well. Most elementary classes today have two or maybe even three teachers present in one room in order to work with the varying levels of students. One teacher in the room may only work with four or five students. The same teacher could work with 20 students if the students were tracked. Districts pay thousands of dollars more in teacher salaries, by hiring one teacher to work with a very small number of students. And many students are not prepared for or capable of some of the uh, rigorous forms of education that does nothing but frustrate them academically. You see, kids are in a room with other kids at different levels, and we may present material to the whole group at one point, which is okay. The bottom line the bottom line is some of those kids who can't deal with that type of work can become frustrated, upset, and you know sometimes they can become behavior problems as well. During the last 40 years, I've witnessed the dismantling of industrial art shops that were used to introduce students to carpentry, electronics, metalwork, auto mechanics, and even home repair. These shops were dismantled in order to make room for huge computer labs and additional classroom space. One district used a space for a weight room for the football team. Does anybody need a carpenter or an electrician or a plumber? Do we Are these jobs that are viable, that are good jobs that kids could have? Let me explain one other thing to you. I went for coffee a couple of years ago, and I ran into a group of kids who were, they looked like they were in OR greens, but what they were doing is they were training to, uh, to be uh, in a, a beauty culture course to be able to cut hair and uh, do nails. And I said to one of the kids, I said, uh, what are you here for? She says, oh, we're across the street. We're in an institute there helping us to learn how to cut hair and do nails. I said, why don't you take this in high school? Go to vocational school. Her comment to me was, they wouldn't let us. They weren't academically ready or whatever the problem was. Now they're stuck with a $15,000 tuition bill post-secondary in order to, be, to get a job that they, want, that, they, that they wanted in high school. Now I have another story of a young man who, who I had gone down uh, to the uh, child study team office many, many years ago. This young man's father was sitting at the table, and I started talking to him. And I asked him what he did for a living, and he said he did heating and air conditioning repair. The child study team wanted to put him in my classroom and keep him in, at the high school for four years. After talking to his father, I said, no, no. 
he needs to go to vocational school and take heating and air conditioning. He's got it built right into his life. Him and his father can work together. And for once, they listen to me. Once they listen to me. And you know what? That young man went through school. He became a heating and air conditioning uh, repairman. He owns his own business. He worked with his dad for years and developed a great relationship. He's my heating and air conditioning man, and he's a millionaire. These are fine careers that pay a handsome salary. Education has even moved away from shared time programs that help kids get apprenticed, put them into a, uh, in a town, find someone. They used to call it the, the CIE program. You put them in and let them work with someone in the town so that they can begin to deal with some of the um, uh, jobs that they have an interest in, small engine repair, auto shop. They can get jobs half-time and go to school half-time. There's nothing wrong with not going to college. Nothing. As long as you have a path educationally, and it's up to us as educators to put kids on that path and not lump them in with everybody else with the mindset that they're going to go to college when, when they leave high school, they become unemployed. The Votech programs, as they're called, seem to focus more on the tech than on the voc. The majority of these programs have rigorous acceptance uh, requirements and works with students who have the ability to perform scholastically. Once they added tech to Votech, everything changed. It became a higher, it was almost like going to a, um, a community college to get into Votech. And they looked more for the, the kid to perform scholastically when what they should have been looking at is how well this kid can perform with his hands and with a job that he had an interest in. And then you do have some programs that work with students who do have special needs and they provide a fine uh, environment for these kids to work in. I uh, I have had it with the fact that we force kids into college, but they really were not equipped for it, and they should have been doing something else, and we missed it, or we just had this lofty idea that everyone has the same smarts. If everyone has the same smarts, why are we lumping everybody together at different levels? The vocational schools are not providing enough training for those students who truly want to become trained carpenters, plumbers, and electricians. You know, the real tragedy of this situation, there are students who want to become master tradesmen. In order for them to accomplish this goal, they must enroll in post-secondary programs, and as I said, at a cost to them, which was something they could have been doing in high school. You know, I have a wonderful brother-in-law who is a master tradesman and can do almost anything from carpentry to plumbing, electrical work. He operates heavy machinery, installs gas tanks and pumps, and does demolition work. 
he can do anything. He's re- he's 76 years old now and he's retired. He still does some of the work. He learned many different trades as a young man by doing the work himself and by working with other people. I know he was definitely smart enough to go to college growing up. It may not have been his first choice. He chose to learn a trade, or should I say many trades. He learned to do the jobs that not everyone could do or wanted to do. Everyone is not cut out to go to college or even be in a classroom with kids who are. I don't know what my home would look like if I didn't have a handyman. I also don't know how long my car would keep running if I didn't have a trained mechanic. My brother-in-law doesn't have to worry about these things because he can fix and repair and rebuild. And you know what? Even if he doesn't want to, he, he has the money to do it. Because with all the jobs that he has done in his life and the way he handled his money, he has plenty of money put away for his retirement on a rainy day. And he is to be admired. And he didn't go to college. What's wrong with the trade? What's wrong with a plumber, electrician, or carpenter? I see nothing wrong with it. College is a wonderful place if that's where you land. But if not, we as educators have got to recognize the kids who can't go or who don't have the capacity to go or who don't want them to go or or they don't want to go and place them on a path where they can become successful adults doing something that they have an interest in and that they're good at. Education really has fallen off the track. My name is Jim Burns. You've been listening to Anti-Bullying 101. Please go to my website. Take a look at all the great stuff that's there, courses, and there's all kinds of uh, products that you can take a look at. Listen to my podcast. If those of you who are, that's terrific. I'm happy that you're with me. Also, uh, go to my YouTube channel, at Anti-Bullying 101. Take a look at some of the videos. I convert most of the video, most of the podcast into videos, so you can get it there too. Look, let's help kids become what they need, become what they want to be, move forward, and let's really take a look at how we can get back on track. My name is Jim Burns. And you've been listening to Anti-Bullying 101. Have a great weekend, everybody.